Hello and welcome listener. Another episode of Michigan Soccer Central is here. How's it going? This is your source for all things Michigan soccer. I'm your host, Robert Kerr, and joined once again this week by MSC man and MSC's scouting specialist, Brooks Lambeer. How you doing this evening? I'm good, Rob. Good weekend of soccer. Weather's nice and warming up, and uh, we're getting in the middle of summer here, so a lot of soccer being played here. Oh, yeah. We've basically been riding <laughs> the seat of our pants recording here on, uh, what is it, Sunday, uh, June the 6th, and there's just been nonstop soccer action at all levels here in Michigan. We're going to get to the scores and we're going to have a great interview at the end of the show. But right now, uh, there is a couple headlines we want to shout out before we walk through where uh, what Michigan soccer we saw in person over the weekend. Uh, a couple highlights have to shout out Delta Women's College winning the Division Three championships on Saturday. The first title for that school after being denied in back-to-back years being the runner-ups. They finally got their first championship. They actually won in a rematch against last year's uh, champion, Brookhaven. Delta College had an amazing 12-0 undefeated season this year and become or their championship win made them the first non-Texas-based team to win the Division III championship since 2016 so way to go delta women's college soccer team and shout out to all the high school girls teams the season ended in this uh not too long ago this weekend was district championships so congratulations to them and uh good luck as you proceed to the next stage of uh what is it regionals next yes i believe regionals next and then uh, Michigan State's uh, former head coach, Detroit City FC's coach Eric or Ben Perman, sorry, Ben Perman gets his first win of 2021. He's been uh, working hard. What is that, a Memphis? Yeah, Memphis 901 in the USL Championship. So first big one. Yeah, he's got a job on his hands, and he got his first win of 2021. So good to see a Michigan coach finding some success, success and getting. A W. All right. With those highlights, and I've got a laundry list. So many soccer games happened this weekend. But Brooks, we like to look through your scouting lens. Where were you this weekend and what stood out to you? So this weekend, I made it out on Friday night. Um, Unfortunately, Wednesday night was the big big rainstorm, and I didn't make it out to uh, the OCFC game. Uh, Just it's hard to take notes when it's just pouring rain. Um, so Friday night, I headed to Flint to watch uh, the Flint City Bucks take on Fort Wayne, uh, and the Bucks won three zero. So just kind of out there just to see, you know, the talent they have that they brought in. As we know, the Bucks are are very good at bringing talent in across the country. Um, they always have some of the top players. Uh, you know, and across the college landscape, you know, whether it's uh, the top NCAA D1 guys or some top end D2 guys. So uh, it was an interesting game. It was, you know, zeros at halftime. It was interesting because it's it's not a Bucks team like they've had in the past where, yes, they did possess the ball a ton, but they first, you know, they just don't have that attacking. They have, they have 
they don't have poor attackers, but they don't have that one guy that that number nine that scores them, you know, a lot of goals like they've had in the past. So, you know, they don't have a Russ Cicerone or when Nabosha Popovich played for them, you know, they're, they're missing those, those key guy, those key players. So, but no, nonetheless, you know, they, they, they battled it out. You know, they, they score three in the second half, uh, you know, against a Fort Wayne team that, you know, does a very good job to defend. They play as one, um, you know, they had chances of their own, unfortunately couldn't capitalize, but, um, so yeah, it was a very interesting match, uh, heading up to Atwood, you know, not as many fans there, at least for this match. Um, I mean, it, it was pretty decently full, but not crazy full, but, um, you know, that, that was a solid match on Friday night. And then, uh, Saturday night, um, heading to OCFC versus, uh, GRFC. Um, I would say, the three zero scoreline of GRFC and OCFC didn't necessarily dictate um, how it may seem like the game was one sided, but far from it. So it was it was rather interesting. Uh, fortunately, OCFC gets you know uh, Dimitri Pliakos gets the gets the red card. Unfortunately, with which it, with a tackle, I I wasn't. I was writing something at the time, making a note, and I looked up and I saw that the tackle had been made, and then the ref issued a very quick red card. I had not, I did not get a chance to see that tackle um, with my own two eyes. Um, but the the center ref was, it, it was a very physical game again, like when they played against Kings Hammer. So there was a lot of stopping and starting, a lot of emotions going, and you know, I think. Sometimes when that happens, like I've said before, emotions get the best of these college guys sometimes. And someone makes a stupid challenge and it borderlines, you know, red, yellow. And, you know, it seemed like that's what was the case with Dimitri. I um, in his tackle, but listen, OCFC created a lot of chances. Um, you know, I thought Mike Malaragni had a, had a good game. Kevin Buka did as well. Um, you know, missing Nabosha Popovich for the game, I think, you know, it changes up how you plan to attack a little bit. Um, from OCFC standpoint, but, you know, I thought OCFC did a good job, you know, Grand Rapids, you know, just capitalized, you know, you get the, the PK on the first goal, you know, Eric Connerty hits the bomb for, out, out, you know, on the third goal from distance, um, which was a great strike. Um, and I believe the second one came off a set piece if I'm not mistaken. I think it was a corner. Is, is that correct, Rob? Yeah. The second one was uh, a corner that I think it took, two touches and it trickled in at the far post. Yeah. So it was an overall, it's always fun to see the guys from MSU, Western Michigan, you know, a couple guys from U of M, you know, on both sides play. And, you know, uh, it seems like Grand Rapids, you know, they're maybe not the sexiest team in the world, but you know, they, they play good football and it looks like, you know, they're going to be a competitive team. And, you know, at, at the end of this uh, season, the, you know, the, the race for the top, position in the in the league could be very interesting here if uh results keep going this way for a lot of these clubs so we'll see what happens it's really hard to to know where we're about halfway ish maybe just a little bit before halfway in the usl league too and it's really hard to see which way it's going because from top to bottom all these games like you said there was a 3-0 scoreline but you know they were very 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 tight and in in games previous my i mean my soccer week started on wednesday night where OCFC uh, pulled out a 3-2 win over Kalamazoo in a monsoon uh, rainstorm. 
And that was one of the most dramatic games and, you know, edgier seat affairs um, that I've been in person for. And somehow that OCFC squeaked out and managed to get the, the huge W over Kalamazoo. And then I feel like on Saturday, OCFC versus uh, Grand, uh, Grand Rapids was, I mean, it was very tight and chances both ways in that first, what, 35 minutes before the red card. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd think that that game would have would have gone down to the wire. It would have been a one-goal game without that red card, I believe. One way or the yeah. other, I think, somewhat unpredictable. And in, at, at the bottom, I don't know what uh, they did this weekend, but uh, – there's a team at the bottom. Uh, is it South Bend or Dayton on the bottom of the league? Zero and five. And when I talked to it's Dayton, yeah. And uh, I, I I talked to a couple um, people from different teams, and, and I was asking what what's the story with them? You know, are they are they slumping this year? And they said not really. They they just haven't scored. And un, like the Bucks only managed to beat them with like a, a last gasp winner, and that's the last place team against you know historically the best team in the state. So. This USL League Two is looking to be very, very competitive, and you, you know, based on history, you'd think that uh, the Bucks are gonna, you know, turn it in into first or uh, tr- get it out of first gear and, uh, you know, t- go on a championship charge here, you know, late June and July. But um, it's it's hard to say at this point. And from what I gather, uh, Kings Hammer is adding more talent, like you said uh flint's adding more talent so it's hard to say you know a lot of the time with like you said in these summer leagues that the, the team who starts the season is not necessarily the, the same team who finishes the season for for most clubs in general so it, it it's pretty unpredictable but i it's great to have it in my my backyard having this level of intensity but it was a shame last night we had a really good crowd at uh, clausen city park stadium um for the game it was the first like really good weather game saturday night crowd was there everyone seemed to be in a good mood and then uh so we go down early in the first half and i thought it was i thought it was yellow uh, the bouncing the ball bounced grand rapids guy kind of stoops a little bit to to use his head to get the bouncing ball dimitri he goes um he goes up with his foot and maybe from the, the i believe the referee was behind the the the, the challenge and uh it looked like the Grand ha- Grand Rapids player more went over Dimitri's thigh. You know, there was more of a body contact than, you know, any foot to head or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Perspective makes a big difference. And he's on ground level. I'm up on the box. And it was coming towards us. And, it, it, I mean, it definitely was a foul and interference. And I don't think anyone really batted an eye if it was just a whistle and, a you know, strictly a foul yellow card maybe i mean you know there's a, a broad interpretations of cards but to 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 give a red in that situation really killed the game and made it very hard i mean playing in like near 90 degree heat with a man down for two thirds of the game is is brutal and then to start the second half grand rapids th- th- this was actually an issue for ocfc their their clearances from set pieces and clearances out of their own defensive box was problematic and the, the 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 penalty that Grand Rapids got their first goal from came from a bad clearance. Grand Rapids takes a shot, handball penalty. And then once they scored the penalty like when like the 48th minute or so, mm-hmm. I mean that was pretty much toast in the second half, you know, goal down, man down, 45 minutes to go. 
a bit grim of an outlook. And then the second goal, like you said, not taking care of in defense off corner, up two. And then there was, I'll give it that, there, there was definitely some players. Kevin Buka, definitely the standout as far as like putting everything on the line or every ounce of energy into that game he was essentially playing two positions at the same time mm-hmm. once the red card happened for the entirety and he didn't get subbed out until very late in the game and he 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 definitely you put his heart on his sleeve to do everything in his power to try to to pull ocfc back into the game and then you can't even be mad at that third goal the grand rapids fc the third uh i forgetting his name at the moment top of the box well like 25 yards out laser to the top corner yeah. eric connerty plays at western michigan with melaragni and rizzo and a lot of the guys jalen shannon so i'm sure yeah they probably had a chuckle about that one so if if we lose one zero to that goal i don't even think you could be mad because yep. i mean that was just you know an amazing strike so it, it was tough to get like a good crowd and like you know yes. it was pretty much dead rubber at three zero for the last like 20 minutes that, that was unfortunate, but it was great to see there was enthusiasm and a good crowd and action. Where, but to be fair, that provided about uh, three hours of ranting and raving uh, at, at a local establishment uh, in downtown Clawson. And, you know, while we griped and complained and talked this and that with the call and the games and the team and all that, on the way home, I did have to, I just smiled about it. At least we have something we we can be mad about soccer again we can go to the games and have these discussions and really talk about teams and like it's real again you know we're not just soccer isn't just a television program from across the other side of the ocean we 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 have it in our backyards and we we can actually have some of the sink in our teeth into and rediscovering the passion of what it is to be at the games really really came home uh on saturday night yeah yeah. And one thing is, um, I'll, I'll go back to your, you're kind of talking about going through the teams and the league and whatnot. I mean, let's not forget. I mean, listen, AFC and Arbor, you know, is not, you know, they didn't play this year. So if you really think about it, you know, at least from a lot of the conferences that I know across the country, I mean, this is definitely between, you know, with coaches like Vinny, Andy Wagstaff, Eric Rudlin, um, Mike Avery at Fort Wayne. I mean, these guys have a lot of great connections. Uh, Shane Lyons over at Kalamazoo, who's an assistant at Western Michigan. They have a lot of good connections with their coaches to get solid players. And so when you have AFC Ann Arbor come back, I mean, next, next summer, this is going to be quite a league in full force where, you know, every game matters and, you know, 99% of your teams are going to be very competitive and it's going to be tough to get a win every week. So, you know, um, you know, as you're kind of mentioned, players leave in and out and how these matches have been going from week to week. But, you know, it's this is a tough division. This is a tough league. Um, this is one of the better USL League two conferences. Um, you know, it's split into two between, you know, the Midwest and then the Great Lakes with um, FC United and, um, you know, Green Bay Voyage and Moines, who's always a solid program as well. So, you know, this, this is a tough division. Um, this, this, these two sides in, in the Midwest division and the central division, they call it. So, you know, let's not forget that as well. Uh, you know, when, when we get next year, but first this, but first this summer before we get to next year. So, and, uh, to wrap up, uh, my, uh, personal soccer weekend, I had to finish a U seven season and yeah, tip of the hat to any of youth programs finishing up their spring season. Um, I know, a lot of kids 
uh, showed a lot of improvement in all the games that I watched. And it's great to see because it, you could tell at the beginning of spring, you could see almost, you know, most kids didn't get to play as much. They probably could have or would have last year. So it was an awesome spring season for that. Another reason I think why it came home this weekend, just to be happy to, to actually be out and playing the sport again, mm-hmm. but also bringing it home. I had to be the referee again. So mm-hmm. Uh, if anyone's interested, go <laughs> become a referee. There was probably a referee at three of his three of my son's like eight games this mm-hmm. year. And from what I gather, that's a problem across the board at, at, at every age level and even level of, uh, you know, even up to the men's leagues. Uh, the need for referees is uh, is big. All right, we're going to take a quick minute and we'll come back and we'll run through the scores of soccer in uh, Michigan this weekend. All right, we're back, listener. I'm rejoined by a Brooks Lambeer once again. He's staying with me, rather. And uh, he's going to escort me as we walk down this laundry list of scores from uh, Michigan Soccer Action. On Michigan Soccer Central, we are trying to shine a light on all levels of soccer here in the Great Lakes State, from youth levels to high school Uh, Again, shout out to the 64 district champs across the state of Michigan and uh, keep it uh, locked in. Keep your eyeballs on the Michigan Soccer Central feed as uh, Dan and the crew will be uh, following the uh, Michigan High School uh, Regional Tournament uh, this next week. So we're going to be running down through the scores over the last week. Many, many leagues and uh, keep your ears up for your team and uh, for the ones you're listening into. Again, I started my soccer uh, weekend off on Wednesday as uh, Oakland County FC got a big win over Kalamazoo 3-2. to Thursday night in the Midwest Premier League, Michigan Stars are finding some success in this league with their U23 team. Uh, they overcame uh, Lake St. Clair or LK St. Clair 3-0 Friday night. The Grand Haven Admirals, and we're going to speak with uh, owner and founder of the Grand Haven Admirals, Cody Harrell, to wrap up the show. Would love to hear about him bringing soccer to Grand Haven. On Friday night, his women's team, UWS2, got a 1-1 draw with FC Midland. Uh, The UWS, the first division of the Women's Soccer League here in the state, Midwest United FC4, Corktown AFC2. Do you know much about Corktown AFC? I've been seeing they, they score a lot of goals, but the results have been pretty mixed from what I've seen so far. Uh, I mean, I know a few of the coaches. So Jeff Shook, um, who I had how I had the pleasure to work with at uh, Northwell Rush, who's the goalkeeper coach at Corktown, and he's also the goalkeeping director at uh, Michigan Rush Northville. It's a good staff over there, a lot of good players. You know, they have a solid team, and great to see a team playing down in Corktown and you know, giving the residents around the area some good soccer to watch. So, you know, good team, competitive. They'll be competitive every summer with that coaching staff. In USL League 2 action still on Friday night, the Flint City Bucks got the aforementioned 3-0 win over Fort Wayne FC. And then uh, Grand Haven Admirals UPSL side got a 1-1 draw with FC Midland. So looks like uh, in a double header there for Grand Haven, multiple 1-1 draws. 
Saturday night, UWS 2, Michigan Stars. They pull out the 3-0 win over Grand Haven Admirals. Detroit City FC, they got a U23 win Midwest Premier League action over the West Michigan Bearings. West Michigan Bearings, uh, we were talking about them last week. They they started the Midwest Premier League uh, debut season uh, well, topping the league. But as you noted last week, they hadn't played the Stars or Detroit, so they were going to kind of really we were going to get get a, a barometer on the bearings here as they face the potentially uh, more difficult teams and here three nil loss so we'll see how they bounce back uh, when they face uh, an, another top opponent and uh, we got to take a moment on uh, on this next score in the UWS <laughs> Detroit City FC took the drive to the west side of the state to take on the Muskegon Risers and a lot of eyebrows raised. Uh, I don't know the context, but Detroit City FC took a much, much changed lineup up to Muskegon and came away with a 10-0 result. And uh, that that was that's a very, very uh, eye-opening scoreline. Seeing as how I went down to Keyworth Stadium for the home game between these two sides, Muskegon uh, came away uh, with a more respectable uh, scoreline even though Detroit City won that first matchup in Detroit uh two to one to 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 fall nil to ten is is wild. Yes. That's that's really lopsided. <laughs> so either either someone didn't have a good day or just the talent is just very lopsided and that Yeah and um Muskegon Riser super fan Darby Sagala Shout out to you, Darby. Uh, yeah, he 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 said that the, there was just a an you know an obvious gap in 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 levels, and uh, yeah, it was uh it w- it was a tough night for him out there. Uh, again, uh, aforementioned Oakland County FC nil, Grand Rapids FC three. I think we uh, talked that one through pretty well. <laughs> NPSL action: Carpathia two, FC Columbus one. Carpathia quietly uh, putting together some results here this year. In Nisa action, Michigan Stars FC nil, LA Force two. Detroit City they get uh, their 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 steamrolling of Nisa uh, put uh, had a little bit of a slowdown on Saturday night as Stumptown AFC came uh, from the east side of the country into Keyworth Stadium came out with a nil nil draw, which uh, Detroit City FC still undefeated, but this is only their second game of. Uh, dropping points their second draw of the nisa spring season to me it's nice when you know you're gonna come into keyword stadium and give detroit city fc a battle i mean that that's a good thing for me you want a league to be competitive you don't want and listen it's not like detroit city's been blowing out teams four zero five zero you know it's it's been close one zero two one you know two zero it's just nice that a team came into Keyworth and, you know, gave, gave them a challenge. I mean, that that's good for Nisa. Nisa wants that. It's good for the league. So that's definitely something that's good to see. I know if you're a DCFC fan, you probably don't enjoy the tie. You want the win. But, uh, you know, it's from my perspective, I guess, as a scout and just, just looking at the landscape of soccer, of pro soccer across the United States, like competitive is, is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, goalkeeper Nate Steinwasher coming out with uh, man of the match honors. Uh, I saw a couple clips of uh, a couple saves from him. He's been outstanding this year from, from all the games that I've been able to catch. Yep. 
Nate's a good guy. In UPSL action, Global Rising SC4, Hamtramck City FC3. A nice seven-goal tilt there. That was uh, probably a very exciting game to catch. And then late night on uh, Saturday night, Rebels FC10, AFC Plymouth nil. Uh, <laughs> our second 10 nil of the rundown there, Brooks. That's <laughs> quite a week for goals, right? We just, uh, man, it's quite, it's quite a week. Yeah, I think that DCFC game is the only nil-nil on our sheet here. Sorry to put you on the spot here, but were you able to catch any of the Stars versus Force game? No, I wasn't able to catch that match, but... I do know that LA Force out of the California teams are one of, you know, they're very a competitive club that wants to, you know, be competitive at the top of the league. So they are they are a good side. It's just not easy, you know, you come and play Detroit City your first game over here and you know, you're coming from the West Coast to the East Coast and listen, that's that's the killer for a lot of these, you know, teams that have to travel from coast to coast and, you know, different time zones. I mean, that's the one thing the international guys have trouble with when they come over to play USL, MLS, NISA is just those time zone differences and it's not easy. And then when you kind of get adjusted here a bit and you play a couple of days later, you know, results go a little differently. So, you know, LA, LA force, they're, they're a good squad. They have a good side there. There's a lot of talent on that team. Well, credit to the NISA scheduling that they kept, like they, they were able to keep force in town rather than have them fly home and then maybe have the stars game in a couple of weeks. So they, uh, th- th- that maybe doesn't help the balance of comp- competition, having force, you know, jet lagged LA force to play Detroit and then like well-adjusted one play the stars that, but I mean, how many, there's so many variables with the scheduling you'd say, keeping them in the region for the game is probably the priority over the, the comfort level, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Sunday action in UWS action, another goal fest, Lansing United 5, Chicago kicks 1. Later on in the afternoon in UWS 2 action, FC Midland 1, Detroit City uh, U23s 4. So Detroit City seeing a success in many of their teams this weekend, and it has been the case so far in 2021. Another UPSL game, City United nil, uh, Global Rising nil. Hey, I was wrong. That's the second nil-nil of the rundown. <laughs> One of the 10 nils could have shared some goals with those guys. <laughs> and in, in a friendly, Lansing Common FC got a 1-1 draw with Grand Haven. So there'll be a lot to talk about with Cody Harrell of the Admirals later on the show. They had lots and lots of games uh, this weekend, for sure, with all of their teams they have in that club. And at Midwest Premier League, uh, Zoo Hare's uh, LK St. Clair, another tough result for those guys. Uh, they they score one and Livonia City FC two. And then in UPSL action uh, to wrap up this rundown, FC Midland three and the Detroit Union two. Fans, if you want to get uh, some uh, input or listeners, rather, if you want to get some input or if you go to a game, we uh, at Michigan Soccer Central want as many voices involved as possible and perspectives. Like I work for teams. I do this show. I try to, to I, I'm a talker and experiencer and I have more curiosity than knowledge, but we want people on the ground, whether it be people like Brooks who are scouts. I've talked to, we, we've got owners chipping in as well as uh, David Hibbestry is a regular contributor and he's big in coaching and has a lot of high school experience and a lot of youth coaching experience and a lot of uh, connections within the area. But we also want the, uh, the supporters, those going to the games. Send in your review, whether it be audio, written, 
or even a question to all the social medias at at Central. Brooks, before we dig into our interview with Grand Haven Admirals owner and creator, founder rather, Cody Harrell, is there any other soccer, uh, Michigan soccer topics that we have not broached so far that you wanted to note before we get to that interview? No, I mean, I think we covered the scores and, you know, the matches we saw from stuff. I'm just, I'm just kind of remembering just of noteworthy stuff, you know, Jared Timmer again, starting for Indy 11 in their back three. Um, you know, as I mentioned last week, uh, you know, the West side of the state guy from Hudsonville, Michigan, Butler university grad, um, you know, so he's been playing consistent minutes. Uh, the MLS guys now are off because of international play. So the guys like Dewan Jones and Brandon Bay for New England Revolution and Justin Miram for RSL are kind of taking a break at the moment. They have a nice good week, week and a half to rest up. And they got out there and train. And uh, But the USL guys are still going. So we have guys like Ryan Sierkowski from League One, um, New, York Revs, or New England Revs 2. He was a Michigan State grad, a Chicago kid, playing striker for them. So just everyone just, you know, that listens to the podcast, just, you know, keep supporting these guys. And, uh, listen, there's a lot of talent playing pro soccer that, you know, played at a, at a university in the state of Michigan, or, you know, was born in Michigan and went through, you know, a university in the state of Michigan, um, to the pro ranks. So keep your eye out for those guys and, uh, you know, give them all the support you can. Quick break. We'll be right back with Grand Haven Admirals owner and founder, Cody Harrell. to the west side of the state and introduce you to a club on the shores of Lake Michigan, the Grand Haven Admirals. And I'm now joined to introduce them himself, the founder and club president of the Grand Haven Admirals, Cody Harrell. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you, Robert? I'm doing well. We've been uh, doing some some club soccer the last few weeks, but this, this weekend, I guess maybe it was a nice weather or what, but a million games going on too, but I really feel like a fully back in the swing of things this weekend and i know you were um your team obviously based in grand haven michigan on the shores of lake michigan we'll start with the immediacy you guys played a lot of games this weekend uh tell me how you did this weekend and then um how the team got started yeah yeah so as far as this this weekend we just got wrapped up with uh friday night we had a double header that we hosted with fc midland um it was kind of a cool event where we were able to have FC Midland in uh, with their women and their men's side against our, our women's team and our men's team. Uh, coincidentally, they have a women's squad in the UWS League 2 and then a men's side in the UPSL. So we were able to make a cool little double uh, header event out of that. And both games were 1-1 ties. So, um, you know, there were some points left out there for, for each club, both getting a point um, on the women and men's side, but very good games all around. And then Saturday, we traveled over uh our women traveled over and played Michigan Stars we um what I thought was one of our better performances of the year the the ladies really um were connecting well it was some of our better kind of pace of play throughout the entirety of the match but um Stars were well organized capitalized on their chances definitely um a class club um I know they you know they're a professional team on the men's side but it, it looks like they have some good things going on the women's side too um and we fell short to them 3-0 
And then just yesterday we played uh, our men played part in the Lansing Soccer Showcase and in a competitive friendly, um, you know, a non-league matchup. Both teams definitely put a solid product out there, and that was a 1-1 draw as well. So uh, a couple of draws for the men this weekend uh, and a draw and a loss for the ladies, but all around some some really class soccer um, by our players and, and our opponents in, in Midland, Stars, and um, Lansing Common yesterday. So you definitely uh, had a lot on your plate. Uh, you got to see the field. You got to see uh, the team that I assume was your vision um, in the flesh. Um, how has the season gone on so far, and how many seasons have uh, both your men's and your women's team been uh, seeing action. Yeah, so this is actually our inaugural season for both the men and women. Um, the women, we decided on in this past November that we were going to go through and, and it was always a plan we had, um, you know, myself and some of, you know, the people that are, are close kind of in my campaign that support everything we have going on in Grand Haven. Um, and we decided to kind of follow through with it this year. And so we're really excited that we were able kind of to start both teams at the same time. The men were actually kicked off to start last year, but um, of course, COVID interrupted that like everything else. So um, kind of to make a negative into a positive, we've, we've really been able to just kind of market that, you know, the both teams coming together at once has been a really unique and exciting thing. You know, there's not a lot of clubs that are in a position that we've um, been able to be in this year where you can successfully start two teams at once. So we're, we're really thankful for the support we've gotten in the community. Um, that doesn't happen with, without, um, the community members, sponsors, the, the fans. Um, so we've been really, really thankful for that. Um, as far as how we're, how we're doing so far, um, on the men's side in the UPSL, we're, um, in a playoff spot right now. We're sitting third. Um, it's definitely going to be a tight race. So just again, more, more class soccer to come. It's, it's been really competitive in the UPSL Midwest Conference East division, which is essentially all Michigan teams. And then one team out of Columbus. Um, right now we're sitting third with about, it was 12 points. We've got three wins, three ties, and then a loss in the seven league matches we've played. And we've, we've really got to experience everything that summer soccer is, uh, Roster consistency has been the big thing. And, you know, we kind of knew that going in, but even that's been, you know, quite a, a chess match in itself, trying to to make all the moves week by week. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the players aren't being paid for their time. So we try to keep a very open book with them as far as like, hey, enjoy your summer when you're here. We expect you to be, you know, completely mentally and physically invested. But when you can't make it, like enjoy your summer for sure. So you know, we've got about 35 players rostered anywhere from non-college to current college to some high schoolers. Um, and even yesterday in our friendly with Lansing Common, we played four high schoolers in that match. So um, one of which is a junior in high school. So we've definitely been, you know, experiencing a little bit of everything on the roster side, but solid players all around. And I think that's what makes a club truly successful is the depth. So we, we've been really grateful to build most of that locally, too. Um, we definitely have our fair share of some international talents, some out of town talent, but for the most part, 80% of it is, is West Michigan talent. So that's been really exciting. And then on the women's side, it's the same thing. Uh, mostly local talent. Uh, we've yet to get that first winning club history on the women's side. Uh, it's been a lot of good soccer though. We've definitely have shown a lot of bright spots, just kind of, you know, a pass here, a pass there, a couple inches away from the post, you know, bouncing off the post and in rather than ricocheting out. Um, we've had a couple 1-1 ties and a couple 3-0 losses in our first four games on the women's side. So um, definitely putting some things together, but a lot to really look forward to on on both teams. That sounds awesome. It sounds like uh, putting 
uh, two highly competitive, uh, high-level teams mm-hmm. in a, a smaller town like Grand Haven gives uh, a lot of players opportunity that wasn't there before this year, including high schoolers. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's up until recently, I'm sure high schoolers didn't really get to to touch levels like that. Um, is that part of the reason why you started this club? Yeah, I think it's the high school coach in me. So I'm the you know head coach for uh, boys varsity at Reese Puffer High School in Muskegon, and then I also help out on the girls' side um, over at Reese Puffer as well. So I think you know it's a little bit of the high school coach in me that I, I see so much talent that might not have the resources to get looked at at a high travel you know for a high travel club or um, you know might not have the confidence to go to an ID camp where there's hundreds of kids there and they know they're probably not truly getting looked at like they would hope they're spending the money to get looked at because there's so many kids there and those those camps don't you know it's it's, it's one day at a time or even two days it's just it's really hard to, you know, sometimes those kids that might be a little nervous to bet on themselves to, you know, go all in on one session at an ID camp or something like that. Um, you know, we've, we've really put ourselves in a position to allow these high schoolers to, to be themselves and, and to give them a consistent platform of, Hey, yeah, some trainings will be good. Some will be bad, but we know what you're capable of in the long haul. Um, regardless of the talent or opposition you're going against soccer is a lot about rhythm and confidence. So, um, trying to instill that confidence into our local players and mixing that in with the out-of-towners too. Because at the end of the day, it is a business and you want to try and put the best product out there, but we're definitely invested in promoting local. That's fantastic. That's uh, great to hear. I mean, worlds away from when I was in the the, the youth or when we all were youth, uh, there wasn't teams like this or at least not consistently. So, I mean, I'm all for adding to the density, to the fabric of the game here and everywhere, really, but it's awesome that we're, we're, we're adding that density teams on teams on teams. When we did the uh, the score rundown of all the games this weekend, <laughs> you know, it's a list. It's a list of scores. It's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a big list of scores. So, and yourself adding to that and just more, more chances to see the field and more chances to play. And um, the spring season just ended. I have very young children, and it almost seemed like the season was ending just as it was clicking and they were forming as a team. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that uh, j- just, I guess, adding more games to, because it's such a, for the young younger people in college and the high school, the, their seasons are kind of condensed. Do you think that uh, with the, the, the current conditions, uh, it's almost a way to, to stretch out the, the spring seasons that were? Yeah, I think like adding the Admirals or, or a team similar to the Admirals helps these players get, again, kind of more of a platform because those spring seasons are so condensed. So like when you add this, in addition to that, it's just more soccer um, helping out with that. Because even even our schedule is is quite condensed at the UPSL. It's, it's such a big league, though, that you got to have time for, um, you know, the National League in, in the playoffs, that national tournament, there's so many conferences, kind of the whole month of July is used for the playoffs. So like even our seasons really just May and June. So kind of to your point, I mean, yeah, like the spring season is, is pretty tight. You're playing a lot, a lot of games in a tight window. So more reason to add players and, and try to bank on having depth. But um, yeah, I think it helps just, you know, adding more soccer all around. And so what was the, you spoke kind of like we've spoken about giving opportunities to players in the area. I guess what was the genesis moment that you're like, hey, I, I got to start this thing? Yeah, I mean, so I've played at this level 
Um, I actually played in the PLA, Premier League of America, which was kind of formed to become the Midwest Conference in the UPSL uh, a few years ago. I think it was in 2015, 20, no, no, 2016. I'm showing my age now. Uh, like 2016, I think it was when I when I played. Um, and I, you know, I thought, you know, this is really cool. I mean, this is a exactly this is something I've always dreamed about. I mean, obviously, Bucks have been doing this for a long time, right? So I remember as a kid. Um, going to travel tournaments, and then the Bucks would be um, playing a game uh, at the end of that Saturday. So, like, all the kids. And I remember, like, wholeheartedly, to be completely transparent, I looked up to them, you know, as, a, as an 11, 12-year-old, and I was like, this is awesome. I thought they were, you know, the Premier League, you know, looking up to those guys watching them as a kid. So I just thought it was really cool. And I've, I've grown up in a sport entertainment family. Um, I had a cousin that owned – uh, a minor league hockey team. So I've kind of grown up in this setting of the, the sport entertainment world. And really from a young age, uh, between, you know, going to Bucks games as a kid and, um, you know, like after those those travel tournaments and whatnot, uh, between that and then growing up in the, you know, what my cousin was doing with the hockey team, I, I've this is something I've had in the back of my mind for over 10 years, honestly, 10, 15 years, um, just being able to financially be in a position to, to have the guts to go through with it. Thankfully, I have a supportive fiance, supportive parents, supportive people in my corner all around because um, I'm only 28. So I'm not completely, you know, I don't have life completely figured out yet, you know, so it's, it's definitely been a unique situation to, to have the, the guts to kind of go through with it. But I have a lot of positive people in my corner. Um, and that goes for the players too. A lot of the players that we've assembled, including our head coach, Mike Bulmer, um, and assistant coach, Paul Kramer, they've been amazing. Um, both coaches that I kind of know through coaching high school. Um, again, I talk about promoting local talent. That's not just for the players, but for the coaches. Um, I think sometimes high school gets a little bit of a bad rep compared to you know, just with how big clubs got, and, and rightfully so, there's amazing coaches out there doing amazing things for, for clubs, but there's still a lot of really good coaches in high school too. So that was kind of something I wanted to really focus on in showcasing the local talent and our coaches in the area as well and what they can do when running a team at this level. So they've been very supportive. These players, half of our roster I've played with or have um, grown watching play. So there's already been kind of some relationships there. So they've bought into the vision. And just a little bit of all that is what's really kind of given me the the confidence to kind of go through with this. Um, like I said, the high school coach and me, soccer's rhythm and confidence a lot, in my opinion. And because, you know, you talk about what you can do on the ball. Yeah, there's defensive responsibilities, but if a kid's confident on the ball, he can do some amazing things. I mean, Jonathan Stout's a junior in high school, and he was the best player on the field yesterday in the Lansing Common game. Between both teams, he was the best player on the field. Um, special, special player, and he's a junior in high school right now. So I think just a lot of times it's giving those kids the platform to, to just really kind of get noticed, and I think sometimes that's in their head. Like, I'm a high schooler. I, I don't belong there, but what we don't realize is in Europe and some of these other um, – you know, the countries within Europe, they're, they're kind of, they're starting their kids a lot younger with, with, you know, the world of soccer. So I think we get so caught up when a 16, 17 year old, a high schooler is like, no, I can't hang at that level. But over there, they're so far advanced in the sport. Like that's normal for them. They're, you know, they see 14, 15, 16 year olds that can hang at the next level. So I think sometimes it's just believing in the player. Yeah. The, the timeline is uh, skewed about four years earlier over there. Like you, right. I mean, it's not unusual for an 18, 19 year old to be breaking into the first team for a, a, a top club. I mean, obviously that's a standout. I'd say if you're not 
you know, a fully first teamer by 23, you're, you're behind right. where if you're following the four year college system, I mean, you're starting at 22, 23. So it's much mm-hmm. different. I mean, they're looking to, to go pro at, at 16 over there. Um, right. it, it's definitely that the, the timeline's much different. I always think about, uh, Clint Dempsey with the timelines. He, he was yeah. at the same place as players, uh, over there in the premier league, but was like four or five years older than like his, his fellow players that had the same amount yeah. of experience in that league. So that's yeah. awesome to see, uh, that that's even changing, even if it is, uh, at a semi-pro league. Um, yeah. that, that, that's like you said, that's a, that incredible step up. And, and if a 16, 17 year old can, you know, show out against, you know, some much older guys that, that that's an experience mm-hmm. you, you can't really trade. Can you? No, no. Yeah. There's cause they're at the end of the day, like that's, that's no way, you know, me, me talking about a junior in high school being the best player on the field, that it's just, he's that good. There was a lot of amazing talent, both, you know, between our other players and, and Lansing Commons players. Like there, it was a very, very professional level game yesterday. Um, it's just how good he is. And I think sometimes we just get too caught up in the, well, he's a high schooler. So if we got, if that's just another barrier that we're going to try to break, I'm all for it because, again, we're we're here to kind of promote that that local talent too. Yeah, at this level, we're kind of we're kind of making it up as go along, trying to trying to create the thing that we want for the future. Uh, a lot of us here. Yeah, for sure. You said, in, going back to um, to Grand Haven, the town itself. Yeah. Uh, you said uh, there were some folks there that were very supportive. Um, yeah. What wh- I guess what speci- what kind of spe- people were you specifically referencing, and then in general, what's the reaction been from the town? Um, some of our biggest sponsors um, would be Van Dyke Mortgage, Van Dyke Mortgage, Lakeshore Team 131. Um, Mario Flores and uh, Nate Smith have been amazing over there for us. They're, they're, they're kind of into the same thing. They, they uh, run a pro arena football team called the West Michigan Ironmen. So kind of having a lot of the same values and views as us in the area. So they've just been very supportive, kind of taking an arena football team and, and partnering with a, a, a local soccer team, kind of showing, you know, that continuity and togetherness in the, the community in the West Michigan area. Um, and then a company called Rami, R.A. Miller Industries, they've been amazing, um, right in the heart of Grand Haven, um, full of Grand Haven families, Spring Lake families, kind of that whole Tri-Cities area over here that work there. Um, they're a soccer family and they've just, they've been kind of our, our main supporters as well between those two sponsors. We've had a lot of um, sponsors kind of chip in here and there, but, but those are two that have really been just all in and they're excited for more. They're ready for more. Um, so just a lot of good things that we're kind of talking about uh, behind the scenes with them as well as we uh, look at our five and 10 year plan. Uh, that's awesome. So you're, so you're getting uh, 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 some some financial backing. One of the things about the star- soccer teams, it, it hits so many different worlds that you have to be good at all at the same time. There's the marketing there's the the finances. There's the you're also in apparel. Your graphic design. Uh, if your league makes you do stream, yeah. you got to be a television uh, producer. Yeah. and uh, all it's, kinds it's, of stuff. It takes a village for sure. On top of all of the uh, you know actually playing the game and getting to the game and organizing all the the individuals and people that it makes it takes a whole lot of people to make this whole thing happen. Yeah. And that's that's exciting that uh, that you're getting that out there on what may be considered a, a non-traditional or a, a has there been, I guess, before I speak too soon, has there been a team beyond high school soccer in Grand Haven, Michigan? Uh, not to this magnitude. Nope. Um, you know, we're, we're so close to Grand Rapids, Muskegon, and Holland. We're kind of right in the middle of all that. 
Um, it's it's been easy for um, you know a smaller town like Grand Haven, you know, a beach town, right? I mean, our Grand Haven really prides itself on the Coast Guard Festival. Um, that does well for our local businesses, and um, you know that's a, that's a big thing that you know they they really pride themselves on. Very big, involved with the Coast Guard and um, our U.S. military branches in general is, is a big thing here. Um, so there, but yeah, it, it's a smaller town around a population of a little over 17,000. Um, you know, yeah, the, with us, we're a 20 minute drive from Muskegon, 35, 40 minutes from GR and 20, 25 from Holland. So, you know, anything in the sports world, Grand Haven's probably always been able to just kind of go to one of those three towns. Um, but the thing that made it so confident for, for me to do this in Grand Haven, when you do have other clubs and other sports in general in those towns, um, is Grand Haven's been a very popular soccer town. Um, again, we talk about local Grand Haven high school for both boys and girls have been very solid for many years. And, um, there's a very um, popular travel club, Lakeshore soccer club that resides in Grand Haven. Um, and then you got West Michigan storm. That's kind of just outside Grand Haven, um, kind of in the Norton shores area. So in between, you know, Muskegon and Grand Haven, it's, it's been a very, it's been a very popular soccer town for a long time. So that's why even it's a smaller town in between those three bigger markets, the confidence was where to, the confidence was there to, uh, start a soccer specifically. That's awesome. It's, it's awesome to hear. I mean, you don't have to be from a big town to get this thing going. That's, that's awesome. Um, have you been able to, uh, do you have matchups lined up against teams from those, those, uh, close proximity towns? Um, so we, we did a, uh, like a scrimmage with GRFC, um, kind of just, a a three 30 minute format, just kind of something as a lot of their guys were getting into town to just give them a matchup to give those guys some looks and then also get us ready for our season at the same time. Um, and then we do have a matchup, um, a friendly next Wednesday, June 16th, we host the West Michigan Barons that play in the Midwest premier league. So they're out of grand Rapids as well. So we, we have a nice little matchup with them who also have a, a lot of local talent. Um, so yeah, that, that'll be an exciting one. Maybe kind of start a little West Michigan Derby with them because this is their inaugural season as well. So uh, some kind of exciting things in the works there. But um, yeah, so we, we did play GRFC. We played Kalamazoo FC. I mean, a little further south, but honestly not not too bad of a drive at all. Um, so we did play Kalamazoo FC for a friendly. That was a nice matchup, a great experience. They treated us well. Uh, class club doing great things over there. Um, so yeah, we, we have gotten to play a, a couple of these uh, other teams in the, in the area. Um, on the, those were all on the men's side. On the women's side, we played Midwest United at the beginning of the year in a, you know, in a friendly format. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're class, they're kind of the standard over here. So, um, you know, I'll give credit where credit is due. They're, they've got a good thing going on. They've been doing it well at a high level for a while. So that was nice for us to just kind of see like, Hey, you know, cause although the UWS two has a good model, um, they're, they're doing great things it's not like where you want to be, right? You want to play in a first division. So it was kind of like, hey, like we got one of the best teams in the country 40 minutes away from us. Like let's play them so we can show our girls kind of what that standard is and what to kind of like, hey, this is where we need to be if we want to truly be a first division team and, and be a successful one at that. Yeah, when you when you play up, like I, I try to get as many kids to go to as many high-level games or to at least watch them on the TV so you even just know what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, so you see what's possible and just, like, if you see it, you can believe it, and if you believe it, you can do it at at, at the end oh. of the day or it's at least uh, something, a goal to work towards. For sure, for sure. Because they have a lot of local talent, too, so that's what's 
you know, when you talk about Midwest United, they, they have a lot of Grand Rapids area players. And um, so that, again, you know, you talk about local talent. I mean, that was kind of like, again, to see what's possible. Like, hey, you can be a very legit team with a lot of local talent. With this being your inaugural inaugural year for uh, the Admirals, <laughs> for both sides, um, what would you say uh, – your goal is like come August when the seasons are wrapped up. Like, what do you picture as like a successful season? Um, I want to make sure we we impact the community in a positive way. I mean, obviously we want wins, we want we want results, um, we want to play for trophies, we want all the the cool, fun, fancy stats. But we we know that sports, especially at this level, truly succeed by you know how you act in the community and. Are we helping local businesses? Are we helping? Now, we haven't really been able to do a whole lot this year, um, but that's been mainly because of COVID and still like just those extra protocols and stipulations that kind of hang over our heads here a little bit on what can really be done. Um, but here and there, we're communicating, we're involved, we're, we're, you know, we're part of the chamber here in Grand Haven. So we're, we're listening to these other owners, these small business owners, we're listening to these people in the community, we're building the connections, the conversations are being had. Um, so for, for us, we, we want to let people know that we're, we're in it for the right reasons. And I think, um, you know, we've had pretty decent attendance. I would say our average attendance um, for women and men both, like just averaging it all out for the club together has been around 175 a game, which is pretty nice for a, a first-year semi-pro team. Um, that started in a pandemic, no less, <laughs> right? Like we never knew what our fan, fan attendance would look like. And the way our schedule set up in the UPSL, a lot of games are played in May. Well, you got a lot of high school soccer going on then too. And plus the travel soccer scene is at its peak during that month. So to still get those kind of turnouts has been really promising. And we haven't even really been playing in Grand Haven just because of some turf availability and, um, the, the facility usage just hasn't really been there. The the main idea is Grand Haven High School. They're getting new turf. Um, so then looking at other, you know, fields and stadiums in the area, you know, fields and facilities in the area, they're just, it hasn't quite worked out mainly because of COVID and um, still trying to find that field that meets league standards too. So we've had to kind of venture out of Grand Haven a little bit. So to, to get that attendance, um, it's really promising. It's really exciting when, I guess, when you think about it. So yeah, just really looking forward to playing a bigger impact in the community when we can actually play in Grand Haven. And I think that's what will make this a successful season is when people know like, oh, they're for real. Like, yeah, you have current college players and you sell that to the players. Like, hey, this is a place that you can play all summer long, keep your fitness, keep a touch on the ball, stay technically and tactically sharp. But then off the field, you, you really want to make sure you're connecting with your community. So that would be the real success there that when they know we're for real about that. That's awesome. That's, that's so exciting. So, so, so you've had exciting that you've had uh, people, essentially they've probably had to, to, to track you. So you you've played home games at separate different locations so far. Yeah, we've, we've played a couple games at West Michigan Christian high school, um, which is technically in Muskegon. Again, it's, it's, it's all kind of right there. Um, it's it's closer to downtown Grand Haven than it is downtown Muskegon, but it's it's very easy highway access. It's by Muskegon Airport. Um, so I think that's also helped because it's really where that actual field is located is not really that far from Grand Haven. I mean, it's a 10 to 15 minute drive depending where you live at in Grand Haven, I guess. Um, but very easy highway access. So we've played a couple games there. And then, um, like I said, I'm, I'm the head coach at Reese Puffer, so kind of have 
use my connections there and they've been amazing and allowing me to play a couple of games there here and there when needed, because even West Michigan Christian has some extra things that they have going on where they're adding on to their new turf field that they just got. So we've been able to play a few games there and a couple at Reese Puffer. So that's like, like I said, exciting that you've been able to, to, to draw some numbers, even though there isn't like the, the, um, the set home field just yet. So they, 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 they've, there's folks out there that are willing to put in the effort to, to find where these games are. Exactly. So that's exciting. And then that, it gives you another thing to even get more excited about. So when, so, so will the turf at Grand Haven high school be ready for you next summer? Oh yeah. I think it'll be, it'll be ready for the, the boys season this coming fall. It's, it's something they've got in the works for June and July, and then it should be good. Very exciting. Very exciting. And then speaking yep. of high school, um, one of the big things that's going to be on the Michigan soccer central social channels is this week's, regional uh, round of high school girls uh, state championships and I wanted to say uh, congratulations to the 64 uh, district champs across the state and in yes. amongst your four games of uh, Grand or, uh, Grand Haven Admirals you also uh, you had a bit of a run in uh, district yourself in uh, the high school girls you work for. Yeah yeah so again helping out so I the head coach for the boys at Puffer and then I help out on the girls side um, we, we had, uh, the district semifinals last Thursday. Um, we hosted it. So that was at Puffer as well. We played Spring Lake. Um, that's always a great game. Uh, they, they definitely got the best of us this year. So congratulations to them. They definitely deserve it. Uh, a very, um, fast, they play with a lot of pace, a very fast and skilled team they have this year. So really pulling for them again. I'm, I'm all about local. Sometimes people think it's a little weird that I coach high school and Reese Puffer, which is in the North Muskegon area. And then I'm running this in Grand Haven. I, I live in Grand Haven. I'm a resident of Grand Haven. Um, but I'm, I'm a, but I was born and raised in Muskegon. I've lived in Grand Haven for the last three and a half years now. So um, for me, genuinely, it's, it's about taking the soccer experiences I've had as a player um, and just bringing it back to kind of the, the West Michigan community in general. So I, I like seeing, you know, cause Spring Lake, that's part of the Tri-Cities. So being a Grand Haven resident, you know, I, I definitely pull to see, you know, Spring Lake do well in some sports, uh, just not when they're playing puffer, but <laughs> they uh, they definitely got the best of us this year, and I'm, I'm pulling for them that the, the Lakers of, of Spring Lake make a very deep run. Well, Cody Harrell, uh, one of the things I like to do uh, before I let my guests go, you're obviously a passionate uh, man of soccer, uh, putting in the work at the high school level as well as the semi-pro level. Um, I like to ask, what is your favorite goal? Like something you scored, something you saw scored, or something that uh, maybe you, you, you've imagined score. Oh, man. And, and the match with play itself? Yeah, ball going in the net. What's what's your favorite? Man, man there's there's a handful. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going to be kind of cliche, but I'm going to go off this past fall. We, uh, on the boys' side, it was also a Reese Puffer Spring Lake matchup. Um, and I think what made the goal so sh- so special it wasn't anything like the strike itself uh one of our players was driving down the end line kind of dished it out to the pk spot and then uh, one of our players crashed and was able to tap it in far post but what made the goal so special um is we were down 2-0 we were down a man with four minutes to go and we managed to score two goals in the last four minutes of the game while being down a man and that was the second goal to tie it up to put it into overtime um, but obviously with all the COVID stuff, you know, we hadn't really had fans all year. We hadn't really, 
you know, the kids, we had a very heavy senior group too. We had like 10 or 11 seniors on the team this past fall. So them not getting those normal experiences that you normally get in your senior season. Um, and then districts, it was when things were kind of starting to get a little better. It was before we had that second lockdown. Um, so at this point in, you know, mid, late October, they were starting to allow more and more fans. So when districts was going on, there was a lot of people at the game and things felt normal. And just the way the place erupted when that goal went in, given the circumstances, being down a player, it was another classic Puffer Spring Lake district game, being down a player, down two goals, only four minutes to go and, and find a way to score two goals in a couple of minutes, being down and the way the place erupted and just seeing the faces, um, the look on the kids' faces was, was unreal. And, you know, it kind of brought me to tears on the sideline because it's just like, I'm, a, I'm very passionate about soccer and sports in general. I believe sports do a lot of good things for um, just the the human population, how people react with one another. You could be someone that just has completely different views than another person. You could be sitting right by them. And in that moment in time, you're cheering for the same team and you think you're best friend. Like just what soccer does to, to, to people is, is amazing. And you saw it in those kids' faces, the way that goal was scored when the place erupted and like, it was like normalcy for, for a moment and just the excitement in that goal. It was, it was more about everything around the goal that made the goal so special. Yeah. It truly sounds like a special moment. Uh, a comeback for the ages and uh, some, some uh, taste of, taste of some, uh, some shared joy. Yes. Out there. Sure. Thank you for sharing that story. And thank you for sharing your time. Once again, thank you, the founder and club president of the Grand Haven Admirals, Cody Harrell. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks, Robert. And then uh, congrats once again to the 64 high school uh, district champs across the state of Michigan. And be sure to uh, follow along uh, at MI Soccer Central on Twitter to stay updated on the regional round throughout the week and throughout the tournament. And then, as always, thank you for turning into the show giving us a listen, and until next week, enjoy your soccer. Take care.